0: Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello there and welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, we are going to be busy today. Busy, busy, busy little bees. Busy little bees, my friends. It's one of those days where the plan that you have for the show, the rundown that you make, the preparation that you do, you just rip it up and set it on fire. Because Nancy... Nancy had to go on TV like an hour ago and just ruin everything. Thanks for nothing, Nana. We'll get into it. And much more. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your host, Boogie Bumper. Hopefully for the next hour or so, we'll see how we go. So much to get through, so little time. Like I said, one of those days, like I had articles and videos and all kinds of sweet, wonderful things all teed up for today and Nancy Pelosi goes on TV and I just had to throw it all out. (laughs) So... It's going to be one of those shows, but we should have fun nonetheless. We're going to dive deep into what many people are already celebrating. We might even take a little little bit of a tour of the Twitter sphere and see just what people's reaction is to Nancy Pelosi getting up on on the screen, on the television and saying a lot of things but not really saying a lot, if you follow me. So we'll get into that. Also want to touch base with the Climate Kids. We did a big show yesterday about the education modules that are being written at places like UNESCO. We described how these kinds of materials filter down from the international level to the federal level, to the state level, to the school boards, to the teachers, and then eventually into the soft minds of your children. So six or seven or eight years down the track, they can find themselves on TV, much like Nancy Pelosi, and make all kind of pronouncements and demands of the rest of us and their elected officials so we're going to touch base and see what the reaction has been to young Greta and her conniption fit caught live at the UN dive deep into that also got some other stuff ready to go so thank you so much for joining us thank you for sharing the show out wink wink it's just a little slight little slight thing you see what I do there I'm very subtle very subtle like that when it comes to sharing a show out i don't even want you to share it out in fact forget i said anything about sharing a show out do not share this show out do not click retweet do not invite your friends do not click like do not click the thumbs up on youtube don't do any of those things don't tell anybody about it it'll be our little secret keep it between you and me okay you're good at following rules right (laughs) thank you for sharing the show out Uh, If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, and thank you to the recent Patreon subscribers who have become supporters of the show. If you'd like to join them, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to impeach me, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. I did notice uh, some first timers in here, so thank you for joining us. Uh, Whether or not you enjoy this show is going to be entirely up to you. I will say... Most people don't like it. For a lot of people, it moves far too slow. We're used to a kind of instant gratification. And we don't get any instant gratification here. This is not a place for instant gratification. So I'm afraid if you're looking for, you know, a sugar rush of news or a sugar rush of propaganda, if you're looking for that needle-in-the-arm style of presentation... You're not going to find it here. You won't find anything funny. You won't find anything informative. You will only find sarcasm and derision. So now would be an opportune time to leave. <laughs> Great. Now that they're gone, uh, I've got a story here about sex birds talking about the latest trend in sex... Oh, they- you're still here? You're still here? Okay. We'll get to that story a little bit later on sex sexperts are telling us how to have sex now. who knew I didn't even know we needed instruction I, I I'm one of these idiots who just assumed that for the last God knows how many hundreds of thousands of years people just kind of naturally figured it out on their own. I didn't know that we needed sex experts writing articles saying well you know what you really should do <laughs> I know you've been I know we've been reproducing for a certain way for a certain amount of time but wait until you hear the latest trend in it's like fashion. Get that shit hashtagging. All right, let's get into it. I've wasted enough of your time. Let's kick it off, shall we? The lovely, the face of justice, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Oh my God! (laughs) Who knew that justice would be so horrifying? But there she is, lovely Nancy. Uh, The first thing I noticed before we even click play on this video, where did they find all the American flags all of a sudden? Where did they find them? What storage container has had all of these American, these Democrat-owned American flags in it, gathering dust for the last three and a half years? Not a flag in sight at the debates. Not a flag in sight at any press conference. They—they—it's—it's it's almost as though they have some kind of allergy when it comes to the flags. We just can't be near it. We can't touch it. We don't want to portray some kind of toxic patriotism. <laughs> Some kind of toxic masculinity because, you know, flags and the military and all of that stuff, it's really bad, guys. The flag isn't very inclusive, so let's get away from the flags. Until today. (laughs) And now, all of a sudden, who knew? When we're talking about impeaching, when we're talking about formal proceedings, when we're talking about inquiries, you know what, bring out those flags. You know those flags we've had in storage? Do we still have them? You know, let's get a couple of flags behind me here. How many would you like, Madam Speaker? Ah, how many have we got? Just bring them all out. Just bring them all out. I'll stand in front of all the... Do, and actually, do we have any of those little flag pins available? You know, I just feel like draping myself in the Star Spangled today. I don't know what came over me. I guess it's a fashion thing. It's completely coincidental. Just talking about impeachment just happened to find the flags happened to happen to do a press conference from the flag room <laughs> if there is such place Now let's have a look what Nancy's got to say for herself
1: Nancy Pelosi let's listen in let's listen in the intelligent community inspector the, intelli- the intelligent community the congress that the administration was forbidding him administration. from turning over a whistleblower complaint right on constitution day yeah this is a of violation all days. Of the law. Shortly thereafter, press reports began to break of a phone call Mm. by the President of the United States calling upon a foreign power to intervene in his election. What? This is a breach. Is, is,
0: Is that what happened? Calling on a foreign power to intervene in his election? Like what, trying to stop his own election? Is that what you mean? Not quite sure what that means. Um. I from the beginning I've always thought wait shouldn't we be talking about how somebody got access to a private phone conversation between the president and the leader of another country like shouldn't that be a topic of conversation here am I am I seriously the only one who has an issue with private conversations between the president and other world leaders just being thrown out to the press does anybody else does put your hand does anybody else have an issue with that can anybody see any potential problems that might arise from a culture of having zero protections for private conversations in the Oval Office. Can anybody see any problem with that at all? (laughs) But for some reason, nobody's talking about that. And I'm not mentioning that to the Democrats in the audience, to the comrade brothers and sisters in the audience. I'm not mentioning that to diminish anything about this impeachment inquiry. I'm sure it's all very serious but i just find it curious that nobody mentions that that the president's private phone conversations to other world leaders are now just open open season anybody can get a copy you want a copy it's like it's like their garage bands hand, handing out demo cds at gigs in shitty bars you know what i mean hey who wants one who wants who wants my latest song it's great it's called calling up the ukraine By Donald J and the Trumps. You're going to love it, man. It's very
1: punk. His constitutional responsibilities. The facts are these.
0: The facts. The intelligence
1: community inspector general, who was appointed by President Trump, determined that the complaint is both of urgent concern...
0: Urgent concern and, and credible. its
1: disclosure, he went on to say, relates to one of the most significant and important of the director of national intelligence's responsibility to the American people. <laughs> the
0: very, the very same inspector general also said that uh, James Comey and other members of the FBI acted in a highly unethical fashion, and they're all like, "Shut up! He's a patriot." <laughs> No, no, seriously, we have genuine and credible information that points to James Comey uh, being very unethical and very unprofessional. And, you know, perhaps some kind of proceeding should be moved against him. I don't think so. James Comey is an American. He's an American hero. He's a hero. He's a patriot. This This guy was elected by Trump, after all. This IG guy. He's a Trump lackey. You know what I mean? But today, we love him. Today, he's the best guy on earth. Butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. Rainbows shoot out of his ass.
1: On Thursday, the Inspector General testified before the House Intelligence Committee, stating that the Acting Director of National Intelligence blocked him from disclosing the whistleblower complaint. This is a violation of law. Mm. The law is unequivocal. Is it? The DNI staff, uh, it it um, says the DNI, DNI, director of national intelligence, shall provide Congress the full whistleblower complaint. Right. For more than 25 years, I've served on the intelligence.
0: Again, um, I'm going to be completely objective here, and I'm doing this from a position of little knowledge and i've i've done my best in the last hour to do some reading up and we'll get to that we'll get to what this actually means in a legal sense like i've crammed for the last hour but from what i can gather these kinds of things are not as black and white as nancy pelosi is stating when she's saying it's a violation of law that's open to interpretation because it matters the, the the definition of the information and the manner in which it's being presented matters. So whether it's a, I think I can't remember which GOP Senator um, answered earlier. He said, well, is it a whistleblower or is it a leaker? And a couple of people in the press were saying, well, what's the difference? But there is a difference whether someone is a whistleblower or whether someone is leaking stuff. And, The other thing here is Chuck Schumer and the other Democrats openly admit that they do not know the content of the accusation from this so-called whistleblower. So it seems funny that you would move this far this quickly without even knowing what the content of the discussion actually is. Do you see my point? And when they say the whistleblower must you know, the information must be turned over to Congress, well, that can be argued in court for a very long time. They can argue whether it's the kind of information that's pertaining to that particular rule, blah, 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 on and on and on and on and on. It goes on. So it's not as black and white as Nancy Pelosi is saying. And I'm only stating this for the Democrat brothers and sisters who watch this show, small in number as you are, because we're going to get to what's happening on Twitter and all of the celebrations that are taking place and all of the champagne corks that are hitting ceilings around the free world. And I just want to give you an opportunity before this thing gets really out of control and you get disappointed yet again, (laughs) as has been the trend over the last three or four years, of you really believing something within minutes of the thing being said only to have your dreams crash in on you and have you feeling small and trampled on and worthless and defeated spiritually, I want to give you the opportunity to just tug that rein just a little bit. Whoa, whoa. Easy there, fella. Let's not go galloping off the cliff just yet. That's your only warning.
1: (laughs) Intelligence Committee as a member as the ranking member, as part of the gang of four, even before I was in the leadership. I was there when... I've been around a long ...at the office long of the Director term. of National Intelligence. That did not exist before 2004. Ooh. I was there even earlier in the 90s when we wrote the whistleblower laws and continued to write them to improve them to ensure the security of our intelligence and the safety.
0: Wait, you've been writing the same laws for 30 years? I'm looking at my watch here. That's that's a very long time. This a that's a 30 year project. <laughs> the the Panama Canal didn't even take that long to build. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nancy Nancy, have have you finished those whistleblower your laws yet? Just a few more minutes. I'm nearly done. That was back in like nineteen ninety six. Oh, we're still riding them, by the way. It's just fine tuning. Got to keep writing those laws. Got to got to get paid for something. Am I right? It's like a road crew that never finishes a highway. They're still out here with the yellow vest. How long is this bloody bridge going to take to build?
1: Jesus. Of our whistleblowers. I know what their purpose was. Yep. And we proceeded with balance and caution right. as we wrote the laws. Good. I can say with authority, with authority, that Trump administration's actions undermine both right. our national security and our intelligence and our protections of the whistleblowers more yes. than both. Yes. Yes. This Thursday, the acting DNI will appear before the House Intelligence Committee.
0: Mm-hmm. At
1: that time, he must turn. It's
0: going to be. It's going to be another one of those things that we're all going to have to watch all day and not get much information out of. I don't know if he'll be as entertaining as Corey Lewandowski, but I'm I'm pretty, I'm a bit of a sadist. I enjoy self-punishment, so I'll probably be watching it because I'm a loser and I have no life.
1: Over the whistleblowers, full complaint to the committee. You will have to...
0: Black Banner in the chat on YouTube says, this seems like a cover so she could drink without people getting suspicious. <laughs> it's a very elaborate scheme to get away with alcoholism you know back back in back in my day, i remember when people used to just hide the whiskey bottles in the house or in the trunk of the car you know where the spare tire goes you can fit a couple of whiskey bottles in there no problem nobody'll ever find them this seems like a very very elaborate plot a very elaborate scheme to get away with drinking in the morning but i don't know maybe she, maybe she is that crafty <laughs> maybe she is that you know super villainous <laughs>
1: choose whether to break the law or honor his responsibility to the constitution on the final day of the constitutional convention in 1787 when our constitution was adopted
0: (laughs) (laughs) i just i just love it i love it because of how sick it is because now uh nancy pelosi and the democrats are now they're now bathed in the american flag they're draped in old glory and they're, they're reciting the history of the Constitution all of a sudden. <laughs> Where was this love for the Constitution when DACA was being written? Where is this love for the Constitution when Obamacare was being forced through? Since when do you care about the Constitution? It's like now all of a sudden, well, <clears throat> the history of the Constitution back into late 1700s, patriots like myself framed the Constitution to protect the republic, you know. <laughs> I'm all about the Constitution today. It's fascinating, isn't it?
1: Americans gathered on the steps of Independence Hall. Listen to this history lesson of the government our founders had crafted. They asked Benjamin Franklin, "What do we have—a republic or a monarchy?" Or a monarchy. Franklin replied, "A republic, if you can keep it." Yep. Our responsibility is to keep it. Really. Our Republican doors because of the wisdom of our Constitution.
0: See, again, this is going to seem like, um, you know, being a bit pissy and pedantic, but now all of a sudden America is a republic again. Now, I've watched for years people complain when Democrats and pundits and politicians come out and refer to America as being a democracy, right? People constantly saying, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. And politicians like Nancy Pelosi constantly saying, our democracy needs to be protected. This is important for our democracy. Democracy, 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 democracy. But then today, conveniently, all of a sudden, we're draped in the American flag. We're reciting the Constitution and the history of the Constitution dating back to the late 1700s. And we're back to calling America a republic again. It's like... like (laughs) I guess if even if you dislike Donald Trump, you can even if you think Trump has done nothing since he's been office, this one achievement you can give him: he has single handedly taught all of the Democrats in the space of only a few years what it, what the Constitution is, because <laughs> now they're all reading it frantically, looking to looking for ways to kick him out. I can just picture Democrats up late at night with coffee cups and you know like Chinese noodle boxes strewn around the office. Buried in the Constitution, reading through it. It's like, Nancy, Nancy, come and have a look at this. Did you find something? Did you find something we can get rid of him for? I haven't even read this bloody thing. Have you seen how long it is? God, that would take like all day. No, no, I didn't find anything we can kick Trump out for, but did you know in here it actually says that we're a republic? Really? I've been calling it a democracy all this time. Nobody ever told me. I know, right? I'm, su- I'm just as surprised as you are. But look, here it is, like right here on the page. Look, big letters, Republic. Shit, I had no idea. Well, how embarrassing. I must have looked incredibly silly all this time. Great, okay, from now on, we'll say Republic. Okay, now you keep looking for a way to kick Donald Trump out of office. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to the bar. I'll be back.
1: Enshrined in three co-equal branches of government, serving as checks and balances on each other, the actions taken today <laughs> yeah, by the
0: Sinsoaked, Sinsoaked in the chat wrong. They were listening to the Constitution on tape, <laughs> <laughs> Audiobook styles, and I like that Sinsoaked inadvertently revealed his age there by saying tape. listen, <laughs> you know, back in my day, we used to uh, listen to the Constitution on uh, what do you call it? One of those uh, one of those cassette tapes, and uh, on the uh, on the old boom box, you see. Uh, back when I was a younger man, walking around with the likes of Corn Pop, we would uh, walk around in the streets, be sure to jump out of the way of the horses and carts, because if one of those rolls over your foot, you'll know about it, and we would listen to uh, the Constitution on tape, uh, courtesy of our boomboxes, or as the kids were calling them back then, a hi-fi phono, you'll see, back in my day, since <laughs> I like, fuck off.
1: President, have seriously violated the Constitution, especially when the President says, Article 2 says, I can do whatever I want. Do whatever I like. For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees mm-hmm. and litigating in the courts. Right. So the House can gather all the relevant facts mm-hmm. and consider whether to exercise its full Article <clears throat> 1 powers, including yep. a constitutional power of the utmost gravity, approval of articles of impeachment. Sure. And this week, the president has admitted to asking the president of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically.
0: Now, that sentence on its own is worth unpacking and murdering publicly. <clears throat> Do you see the massive pile of manure that Nancy Pelosi has now stepped in? But just by by wording it that way, because apparently President Trump asked the president of Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden's son for potential corruption, all right? He asked for an investigation into corruption. (laughs) Nancy Pelosi, in all of her wisdom, has decided to frame the asking of an investigation for potential corruption as an action that would help you politically. So now here we sit with the president being accused of asking somebody to help him politically. And the way that he did this was to ask somebody to open an investigation into somebody. Now, you have been investigating the president for the last three years. (laughs) Investigating. And when people accused you of trying to do something that would damage the president politically with these investigations, you, you jeered. You mocked these people. You sneered and you sniffed at them. And you said, no, we are trying to eradicate corruption. We are fighting against corruption. This has nothing to do with politics. This is all about weeding out corruption for the last three years. So an investigation into a political opponent has nothing to do with politics. It's all about dealing with corruption. Now, President Trump has asked somebody to open an investigation claiming there is some kind of corruption involved in the target of this investigation and we've now just flipped right back to the opposite track, and we're saying, no, 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 this investigation has nothing to do with corruption. This is all about trying to score points politically. Coming up at 6, the investigation of Donald Trump continues. Hopefully, we will get to the bottom of this corruption. (laughs) Breaking news. Nancy Pelosi today accused Donald Trump of trying to aid his political campaign by asking somebody to open a corruption investigation into Joe Biden. After the break, the corruption investigation of Donald Trump continues, and this has absolutely nothing to do with politics, Bill. (laughs) Wow. Just like that. Just switch, just like that. So, what does all of this mean? Well, like I said, I did my best. I was cramming and the best I could come up with is not much. I got this from uh, Lawfare blog and just like every other day, all of the links I refer to on today's show will be available in the show notes. So when the podcast comes out, just click on the podcast link and you'll have all of the articles and all of the references and all of the videos there. You can look it up for yourself. So I was reading this um, blog, among other things, and I came across this because I'm trying to figure out, all right, well, what's the difference between what they're doing now and what Nancy Pelosi wants to do? Because right now, from what I can gather, they use a lot of different terms to describe what they're doing now. It's an investigation into an impeachment inquiry. It's an impeachment inquiry. It's an investigation inquiry. It's an inquiry into an investigation, so on and so on and so on. It's never actually uh, concretely defined. And I think that's for the purpose of confusing people. But that's just my opinion. So what does it mean to have an official impeachment inquiry? Well, according to this blog, and I assume they're on the money, in January 2019, the opening day rules package for the 116th Congress again provided committee chairs with the authority to order the taking of a deposition. Under the current rules, either a member or committee council is permitted to do so. Members may participate, but their presence is not required. So the Judiciary Committee already has the power to conduct staff depositions and does not need a special grant of authority to do so. Yet, while today's Judiciary Committee already has some of the useful powers for impeachment proceedings available, it could pursue additional procedural items if the House chooses to specifically authorise impeachment, which is what happened today. This blog was written months ago. For example, under a resolution introduced by Rashida Tlaib and Al Green directing the Judiciary Committee to inquire whether the House of Representatives should impeach, (laughs) President Trump it's it's brain melting stuff isn't it but i think this is the kind of stuff you at least have to try to understand because i think or i don't think i see a lot of people on twitter right now and we'll get to that next a lot of people on twitter right now are acting like the guy has already lost his job and it really doesn't work that way and if a foreign devil like me who has no uh cultural you know has no cultural touch with impeachment proceedings and congressional hearings and stuff, if a guy like me knows that the guy hasn't already lost his job yet, then how do you as an American on Twitter not know this? Like, I would think that this is pretty basic stuff if even I can understand it. I'm not even that smart. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The power to take uh, depositions and affidavits would be extended to, quote, any subcommittee or task force designated by the Judiciary Committee and depositions could be taken by consultants as well as members of staff. The Talib Green Resolution also provides for additional funding for the Judiciary Committee in the context of an impeachment inquiry. So okay. So now the Judiciary Committee gets more funding. That's that, that's one thing I found out. They get more money, okay? So check that off. Nancy Pelosi has effectively today granted more money to the Judiciary Committee. Okay? That's something. Something the 1974 resolution authorized the committee use its existing resources on investigation. Blah 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 blah. It is worth noting that in both 74 and 98 impeachment proceedings, the House Judiciary Committee voted to give the President procedural rights in the committee's deliberations. The President and his counsel were invited to attend all executive session and open committee hearings, and the President's Counsel was entitled to cross-examine witnesses, make objections regarding the pertinence of evidence respond to the evidence produced, and even suggest additional evidence the committee should receive. Now, that's interesting. That's very interesting, because I could be wrong here. I could be wrong. But if I'm reading this correctly, it appears like that once this goes from an inquiry into an investigation or whatever the hell Jerry Nadler's been calling it for the last six months into an official impeachment inquiry, some things change and it allows the people that you're questioning to start throwing some arrows back in your direction, if I'm reading this correctly. And I'm not saying that I am. I could be wrong. I'm happy to be corrected. But it appears like where you can have, say, take the Corey Lewandowski example, for for example, the other day. Now, Corey Lewandowski was questioned by a lawyer that they brought in as a consultant. Now, it appears like in an official impeachment inquiry, that can still continue. But what also can happen is the defense, meaning President Trump or his administration, can send their own lawyer and call their own witnesses. So it won't just be one way. It won't just be people hammering Corey Lewandowski based on who has the chair of the committee. What also happens, I think, is the minority can also invite people to come and testify. So they can have their own lawyer and they can cross-examine whoever's sitting in the chair. They can object to lines of questioning, which right now you can't do. You have to do a, a parliamentary privilege or a point of order, right? And on top of that, the Trump side of this in, you know, impeachment inquiry can recommend more evidence and more witnesses, where right now they don't have that power, I don't think. Right now, I think who goes and testifies is uh, just genuinely up to Jerry Nadler and the Democrats, because they're in the majority, right? But if in an official impeachment inquiry, now President Trump can call his own witnesses and call people in, I think... So it'll be interesting to see if that's what actually takes place. But according to this uh, Lawfare blog, again, if I'm reading it correctly, that's what can take place. You can have cross-examinations, the defense, meaning Donald Trump can call his own witnesses, they can bring in their own lawyers and they can cross-examine the people who are testifying against him and they can raise objections during the hearings. So I don't think it's going to be as smooth sailing as some people are predicting based on that. And like, like like we've said for the longest time, we've talked about on Trust and Verify. Impeachment is highly unpopular. It makes, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I I would think the only reason that Nancy Pelosi went this way would have to be from internal party pressure more than anything else. Or she thinks that ramping it up just this little bit is just enough fuel on the fire to keep the conversation going for another six months or so. Maybe they're already working to a timeline here that I'm not aware of. But either way, I'm pretty floored that they're going down this route. What we know is impeachment of this particular president right now, regardless of what you might think of him, is a very, very, very unpopular proposition. Upwards of 70% by the most generous polling. 70% do not want this guy impeached. Most Democrats don't even want this guy impeached. But it's really not the hardcore Democrats' opinions that matter here. They might think that their opinions matter, but in a purely cynical political world, their opinions mean shit. Why? Because they're going to vote for the Democrats anyway, whether they impeach the guy or not. They're going to vote for him anyway. So their opinions mean nothing. The opinions that matter for Nancy Pelosi and the other members of the Democrat majority in the House are the opinions of the people living in the purple districts, of which there are around 70 or 80, which are on very, very teeny, tiny, small little margins, which flipped from GOP to Democrat in 2016. Because whilst impeachment proceedings might be very popular in very, very, very deep blue districts, In places like LA and New York, in the middle part of the country that they call flyover country, where it's like 50-50 Democrat and Republican, and local elections are won by a handful of votes, sometimes a couple of hundred votes. In that part of the world, the word impeachment scares the living hell out of people. The Republicans found this out when they tried to impeach Bill Clinton, and they got absolutely eviscerated at the following elections backlash from the voting public who did not support impeaching bill clinton even if they didn't like him even if they didn't vote for him they didn't want the guy to be impeached people have a natural aversion to that i can bring up a similar example here in australia The Australian population really, really dislikes when a Prime Minister wins an election, is named Prime Minister, and then gets turfed out by his own party without a vote. Even if the Prime Minister is very unpopular, the people, rightly or wrongly, see it as their duty to decide who the Prime Minister is, not the party. Right? Rightly or wrongly. Same thing applies in the United States. By and large, the population of the United States, from what we can best ascertain from research and polling and focus groups and all of that kind of stuff, is that even if they don't like the president, the people see it as their responsibility to remove the president, not the responsibility of other politicians, because they feel like they're taking power out of the people's hands when they do that. And even Democrats who really hate Donald Trump don't like that. Because it might happen to their guy next, right? You see? They don't want that to happen. So I'm floored that Nancy Pelosi went this way. But That hasn't stopped people celebrating, though, mind you. Uh, this, Let me show you this. This is fun. I thought this was very thoughtful by the good people at the ABC. To- people were talking about Nancy Pelosi's speech patterns and perhaps she doesn't make too much sense. Well, the good people at the ABC have thought of that, so they... It's never a good look. They decided to put subtitles underneath Nancy (laughs) so you can understand what she's saying. (laughs) (laughs) Generally, subtitles are reserved for foreigners or people with thick European accents, like perhaps like a Scotsman it's said like It's like I said to the young gentleman, I would like a beverage. <laughs> but they are putting now they're putting subtitles on Nancy Pelosi and, and the, the director director of national intelli- intelligence and we we are a rep- republic and sh- we should sure sh- 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 for impeachment and this is the president of the Ukraine.
1: This week, the president has admitted to asking the president of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically. Now we can the action of the tr- the actions of the Trump presidency revealed dishonorable fact.
0: Dishonorable fact.
1: <laughs>
0: now everybody can understand what Nancy's saying, isn't it great? <laughs> great comment in the chat from Kimbo. Uh, closed caption for the speaking impaired. <laughs> very very thoughtful by the good people of the ABC just so you can understand what the hell Nancy is talking about. Uh, let's get to this celebration stuff I'm I'm spewing because I had a whole bunch of really good ones and then the pay I accidentally refreshed the page and I lost them all I was in a really good section of the impeach party proceedings on Twitter so I found this one from Austin I don't know who Austin is but Twitter does because he's got a blue check mark so he must be somebody of high importance. He says, quote, it brings me joy knowing all these racist white trash rednecks are crying with a tight grip onto their guns, natty lights and cousins right about now. Impeach Trump. <laughs> Trump is crying in the club right now. Niall really got Trump impeached. Girls, we won. It's over, guys. We won. We won. <laughs> I- As we go through this, you're going to see a pattern develop. Dump Trump finally getting impeached. Let's party. He's finally getting impeached, guys. It's get, He's getting impeached. It's happening. He's done. It's over. Wait, wait. Is it finally starting? Fucking finally? Now, the, the, the one common sense um, tweet that I could find in this hashtag didn't get a lot of love. It got 53 likes, no retweets, and one reply. Oh, 54. You know what? I'll give you 55. How about that? There you go. You deserve a like for that. I've seen quite a bit of people concerned about Pence taking Trump's place. I just want to remind you all that the impeachment process is very long and extensive and may not be through before the next election, whoever is elected and inaugurated. (laughs) So she didn't get a lot of love for that tweet. It's too much common sense. (laughs) Uh, He's a literal piece of shit, impeach Trump. He should be impeached for being a piece of shit. Wait, Donald Trump is going to be impeached? Let's have a little look at this. (laughs) Just here to promote my fan cam and to say Trump is trash. (laughs) I always trusted Nancy Pelosi, another Twitter personality said. My dead account resurrecting after I heard Donald Trump might be impeached. Me after seeing that Trump is going to get impeached? I do love that song, though. Um, Guys, I think that they think that he's already been impeached. (laughs) I have this most troubling and sneaking suspicion that the Democrats who are celebrating on Twitter right now think that the game has already been won for some reason. Why would that be the case? It looks like they think that just because Nancy Pelosi came out here in front of the flags... And said some shit about the constitution, and has spoken about that they're going to launch an impeachment inquiry. That uh, Donald Trump is now packing up his office. I'm not sure that you understand how this works. <laughs> and I just want you—I just want you to relax. I don't want you to get too far ahead of yourselves here. You might be going off half cocked. You might be celebrating a little too early. You might be counting your chickens before thine hatch, comrades. This fool really said presidential harassment? Me, a non-American watching and celebrating the impeachment of Donald Trump. They think it's happening already. They <laughs> <laughs> think it's already happening. I'm just celebrating the impeachment of Trump, yo. all What impeachment? He, he hasn't been... It's, it has, there has, the impeachment hasn't even begun yet. You do understand this, right? Shut up, racist. <laughs> Me rolling up on a Trump supporter after impeach Trump happens. They think they think it's happening. They think it's done. Hey Gaga, are you a Donald Trump fan? Impeach Trump Awkward. Laughing my ass off the distress, the worry, the anger we love to see. Impeach the fucker and Stan Tessa Thompson. I don't even know who that is. Us when the Senate doesn't go through with impeach Trump. This might be a good one. Hmm. (sighs) I can't. Now, that's a common sense one from a Democrat. He's saying this is what we're going to be like when the Senate doesn't actually impeach Donald Trump. And this tweet an hour ago got only eight likes and two retweets because apparently... If you're not saying, hooray, Donald Trump has been impeached. I can't wait. The party has started. I can't believe the fucker is finally gone. If you're not going down the track that it's already happened, then your Democrat comrades are not going to show you any love with the like button. But you know what? You'll get a like from me, my man. Because you deserve it. You deserve it for being a realistic person on Twitter, which is an achievement in of itself. We finally going to get rid of this motherfucker. It's a win for the world. (laughs) I think he's already gone. I think he's already gone. <laughs> I saw one tweet earlier it was like, well, we wouldn't have to impeach him, you motherfuckers, if you didn't vote him in. <laughs> it's like, well, n- now the people on Twitter are like America's mum? <laughs> like, we wouldn't have to do this if you didn't vote for the guy, you realise that. Sorry, sorry, we're gonna be impeaching your ass. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a lot of people, like, saying, oh, my God, oh, all those Trump supporters be crying, yo. They be crying in their in the club, yo, because, like, yo, we impeach this motherfucker or something to that effect. I'm sorry, I'm not good with dialect. So we impeach the motherfucker, yo. He's gone. It's about time. I'm so happy. We celebrating and, and so on and so forth. And I can't help but think that they have no idea what impeachment means, how impeachment happens, what an impeachment inquiry is or what it is not, how difficult it's going to be to impeach Donald Trump. And the fact that if you do move with impeachment, you're going to get slaughtered at the election and lose the House majority as well. So I, I feel like, should I tell them now? Should I tell them now this? But then, of course, there's no point in telling them now. Because if you tell them now, you'll just be accused of being a, a Magatard or something like that. Yo, like, yo, what are you coming up in here for? Like trying to say all these facts and shit. Like you, you're just crying, man. You're just scared because your boy is gonna is getting impeached. Like he's he's gone. Nancy Pelosi fired the president today. I'm almost expecting that to be a hashtag. Nancy Pelosi canceled Donald Trump. <laughs> he's gone finally. So who's going to be the president now? Is Nancy the president now? Is that how it works? Yo, so like if Nancy be up on the TV saying that Donald Trump is like impeaching shit, does that mean she's like the boss now? That's cool, yo. I love that. Nancy, you're the best. So, <laughs> so don't, people in the chat are saying, don't tell them. Don't say anything. Let's just wait. Let's just see how this plays out. Let's let them think that uh, impeachment has already happened. In fact, you should start retweeting these people. Maybe you should start like a Republican account and say, oh, I'm so sad because Donald Trump just got kicked out of office by Nancy Pelosi. You'll get 5 million retweets like that. If you ever wanted to start, you know, a subversive uh, underground account, if you ever wanted to start a subversive satire account, today would be the day. Call it, you know, sad Republican and your first tweet should be something like, I've always supported Donald Trump, and it breaks my heart knowing that this true American patriot has lost his job thanks to Nancy Pelosi. You'll get 5,000 retweets from Democrats. <laughs> no, put, put something in there like, um, it breaks my heart knowing that Donald Trump let us all down, but Nancy Pelosi has done the right thing in firing Donald Trump. So I believe that she is now the president and I support our new president Nancy Pelosi and just see how many retweets you get. How many Democrats were like, damn I didn't know that Nancy's gonna be the boss now that shit fuck yeah man. that's awesome. <laughs> that's even better than what I thought. I just wanted to get rid of Trump. I didn't know that Nancy becomes the president. She becomes the she she becomes the boss now. you kill the boss, you become the boss. That's how it works. so. I've got good news, though, for our Democrat comrades who don't understand what impeachment means. uh, Lucky for us, there is a real president waiting in the wings, ladies and gentlemen. There is a real president who cares. Her name is Kamala Harris. And she she likes to get up close and personal with her constituents. She likes to listen to the things that really matter. And she's going to listen to this very short tale from this young lady. I think a lady. I don't want to assume gender. That would be horrible. That would be an impeachable offence. She's going to listen to a tale from this young person about how scared this young person is. How traumatized this young person is. And she's going to tell this young person how much she cares. And the reason that this is important is because empathy is everything. Empathy is everything. So, um, good girl, Kamala Harris. And I just want to—I just want to put it out here now too. Let it be known that the Democrats never use fear as a motivator, right? You know, you know, Kamala Harris out there accusing the Republicans and President Trump of constantly using fear for political gain, using fear to divide people. Fear, 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 fear. The Democrats never make any mileage off fear. Their job out there is to try and put people's fears at ease and they would never, 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 never instill a sense of fear and loathing in the population in order to aid their political aims. So I just want to put that out as a caveat. So let's look at uh, commiseration Kamala, we'll dub her, as she deals with this very upset young person.
1: I was scared every day. So here's the thing. I was
0: scared every day.
1: You're right to feel that way but you also have to remember
0: that we're all in this together okay you always have to remember that you're not alone because you- we're all in this together we're all in this together mm. doesn't have the same pop and bounce as listening to Tupac back in college but you know it gets the job done I think and I love that the camera's right in there too because it's showing that Kamala cares. They can make this into a campaign commercial, I think, at some point.
1: Hear me? You always have to remember that. You
0: always remember that.
1: Okay. And the poor girl's crying.
0: I just don't want to die. Okay. This, this might be above Kamala's pay grade, but she handles it like an expert. Yeah. No, baby, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. See, that's a lie. <laughs> Kamala Harris can't help but lie to people. That, I'm sorry, young lady, Kamala is lying to you. You are going to die at some point. You are going to, that is true. How dare Kamala Harris go up to living, breathing human beings and tell them that they're not going to die. You are going to live forever. There's no such thing as death. Don't be afraid. You're not going to die ever. You're going to live forever and continue voting Democrat just like so many hundreds of thousands of Democrats continue to vote Democrat whilst they are in the ground. <laughs> no, we know. Democrat voters never die. Look at the voting records. I mean, look, Joe Smith here has been voting Democrat for 175 years. <laughs> so you're not going to die. As long as you are on the Democrat electoral rolls, you will, you will be alive forevermore. You will be alive in the in the books of the Democrat Party until the sun burns out. You're fine. You will never die. <laughs> You're not. Your body may be gone, but your voting record lives on. <laughs> we're
1: gonna be smart and we're gonna, we're, gonna fight. we're gonna win. We are gonna win. We're gonna win. And we're gonna take on An-
0: another lie. Please stop lying to this poor vulnerable thing. Please stop lying to this poor vulnerable young lady, Kamala. It's not right people who are just failing to have courage okay so some people are failing to have courage um so i look at this and i see a potential campaign commercial for kamala harris i see i see you know ground soil to be tilled here and i think that something beautiful can come out of this but it's just missing a certain kind of ambiance. It's missing something that really tugs at the heartstrings. It's, it's missing something that makes it more family-friendly. So I thought, I played around with a couple of things, and I think I found the perfect backdrop to this heart-wrenching, touching scene of Kamala Harris pretending to care about a young person crying. And this might make all the difference. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you your next Kamala Harris commercial. No, 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 you baby, just
1: remember what you you're not you're gonna be sorry go. for you got a grin and we're gonna, be we gonna, win, and we're gonna yeah, get you, you got a grin in,
0: in me. Touch. okay i'm here there you go i know it's a dumb wow that's ancient said somebody in the chat Kamala Harris, your next president of the United States. Um, how are we going for time? I feel like David Letterman all of a sudden. Can I get the time? How much time have we got? What's the time? Can we do another show? Uh, I'll, I'll quickly touch on this. Because I, I could see this coming from a mile away. Why they're, Why they're scared of Greta. Youth climate activist has the trolls in retreat. Right-wingers can't deny Greta Thunberg's truth. In desperation, they're resorting to malice, bigotry and lies. And this article will be in the show notes. I'm not going to Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little tease. Modern it's cuz it's it's quite funny. Modern-day conservatism, especially the Republican Party, functions primarily as a protection racket for the fragile egos of mediocre white men. What a statement. <laughs> The fragile egos of mediocre white men. After witnessing the right-wing reaction to Greta Thunberg, the teenage climate activist from Sweden who spoke at the United Nations this week, there can be no doubt of this. Why is it just the white men? Are there no black climate deniers anymore? Huh? (laughs) Is is it only white men (laughs) who are deniers of climate truth from 16-year-olds? I'm confused. I mean, surely. I mean, we could throw a dart into any lab in the country and find a black guy who's sceptical about climate change. I didn't know that climate was a racial issue, but apparently it is. The modern-day conservative was revealed in all of his glory as a weak-minded coward who hides behind unearned privileges because he is incapable of handling a fair-minded debate, much less real moral accountability. So there's no, so there's no female climate deniers. There's no black climate deniers. There's no Asian climate deniers. Climate denialism is purely the realm of the mediocre white men with fragile egos who are weak-minded and cowardly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yesterday's show, uh, like I said earlier, we did a big breakdown of the educational materials, how the climate activism stuff is actually being promoted in schools. If you missed it, um, just go back to yesterday's show and watch it. It's called uh, Enlisting Your Children as Climate Soldiers. And, you know, people can accuse me of conspiracy theory, but we're actually reading from the UN documents themselves saying, this is how you teach climate change activism in every single lesson. This is how you mobilise your students to protest against climate change. This is how you get schools to become agents of change in the climate debate. And they give you a play-by-play on how to do it. So it's not really conspiracy theory. It's just reading what the UN puts out. (laughs) But I guess that's one in the same, depending on your perspective. Um, But there was a reason in yesterday's show that I didn't go after Greta Thunberg. There was a reason that I didn't make it all about her. And I noticed a lot of people making it about her, right? And I'm talking about, you know, pundits, professional, like, pundits on television and shit. And uh, print journals and stuff were making it all about her. They started attacking her. And the problem that you you, you come up against when you attack her is <clears throat> you turn her into a hero. You turn her into a martyr. What we should be debating is the substance of what she says. And its I'm not trying to take like a cucky way out or anything, but the reason you're doing it is because you want to deny your opposition heroes to rally behind. Now, people have said that they're pushing Greta Thunberg out into the middle of this debate to protect themselves from criticism, and that might be true. But I would suspect more than that, they're pushing Greta Thunberg out into the debate to intentionally turn her into a figure of sympathy because all of these articles and tweets started coming out, oh, now you're attacking children, blah, 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 right? So when you turn her into a figure of sympathy, you will get people to rally to her cause even if they don't understand what the cause is, right? The other thing too is if you think that this is all set up, If you think that this is all a big setup, then why would you attack it? Never give your opposition what they want. They want you to attack Greta Thunberg. They need you to attack Greta Thunberg. They want her to be the focal point so that people who aren't engaged with the particulars of the debate and don't understand the complexities of the debate support that side of the debate merely because they don't like what's happening to this little girl who just wants to save the planet. They're relying on the ignorance of the audience to create more people for their side. And when you turn uh, this chick into a figure of sympathy, then you are giving them the fuel to rally all of these people behind, right? See, I would have thought a far better way of addressing this would be when somebody is trying to goad a reaction out of you. Okay. Now, Kimmy in the chat saying the right action is to point out how she's being used. I don't think so. I'm going to respectfully disagree. I think the right reaction here is to say Greta who, who, when they're trying to goad a reaction out of you, I think the best reaction would be to pretend like you don't even know who she is. Who Greta? What? What? Who's who's this girl you are talking about? Never heard of her. Oh, she's the girl who's talking about climate change at the UN, and just say, "Well, look, I don't, I don't know anything about um, what's her name, Greta. I don't know anything about Greta, but what I do find interesting is um, how the how UNESCO is writing like all of these lesson plans for our schools. Did you know about that? Did you know that UNESCO is writing lesson plans and uh, developing policy for your schools, like right now in your hometown, to uh, turn children into climate activists? Like, I don't know anything about this kid, but I do know that the UN, like, look, look, here's the link. Look at this, man. They're actually telling the teachers that they need to teach climate change in every single subject. Like, forget maths, forget history, forget geography, forget art. They want the kids to draw um, climate change posters in art for art class. Like, I know about that. I don't know about this one girl. It's just one girl. Like, I don't care. She's 16 years old. Kids do stuff. I'm not even interested. But how about all of this shit that the UN's doing? Did you know about this? Wouldn't that be a better way of going about it? If the opposition wants to turn Greta Thunberg into a figure of sympathy, deny them that sympathy. And the way you deny them that sympathy is by denying her the attention. And if you deny her the attention, then the the plan doesn't work. Because if she doesn't get the attention, if nobody takes it seriously, and if everybody acts like what she is, that being a little girl saying things on TV, which happens five million times a day in any part of the world, like she's she's no more or less special than any other kid saying things on TV. She's just a kid saying things on TV. If we treat them like that, we, then we deny the other side the opportunity to turn her into a figure of sympathy, to turn her into a martyr, which then leads to them not being able to rally people to their cause because they have no central figure of sympathy in order to rally people too. And then you can just get back to talking about more important things. You know, I I don't think a lot of people picked up on that, but that's why yesterday I didn't I didn't even go after her. I just thought, well, I'd much rather say Greta Who than talk about Greta Thunberg, you know what I mean? But hey It's gonna happen. And you could just you just knew that today it was all going to be about the story was not gonna be about what she said because it was never about what she said. That was never the point of Greta Thunberg. The point of Greta Thunberg was never to raise awareness for climate change. The point of Greta Thunberg was to characterise the opponents of climate change policy as evil, nasty people who attack children with disabilities. I mean, why do you think they chose a girl with Asperger's and autism in the first place? Isn't, isn't one of the things that uh, people attack Donald Trump for constantly saying that he likes to make fun of people with disabilities? Right Now, I'm not saying Asperger's and autism is a disability necessarily, but it's a condition. And in the minds of a lot of people, that's good enough. That's close enough for a lot of people. So now they can just turn around and say all Donald Trump supporters are, what is it, fragile egos, mediocre white men who attack little girls on the internet. (laughs) The conversation now, today the conversation has nothing to do with climate change. It's all about what awful pieces of shit you are, and it's it's as predictable as sunrise that that was going to happen because they threw out uh, the girl as bait and everybody wanted to take a nice big bite, <coughs> take a big chunk out of her. So, in saying that, <laughs> in saying that, let's make some fun of kids who talk about climate change, shall we? This just, happened, this just happened to come out like two or three days ago. Purely coincidental. It's just timing. Uh, a whole bunch of kids talking about why they really care about climate change. It's, the video is entitled, These Climate Strike Kids Will Restore Your Hope in Humanity. I'm mad at my parents because look at where we're at right now.
1: Like we're all going to suffer if we don't start doing something now.
0: I, I, I put my hand up. I'm suffering already. I don't know about you in the chat. Uh, if you're suffering eight seconds into this clip, press one. <laughs> I know I am.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, ho, ho.
0: Did they just say climate change has got to go? Hey, hey, ho, ho. Climate change has got to go. That doesn't even make sense. Wait, are you... Climate change has got to... <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> like i I, can we vote climate change out (laughs) a lot of ones in the chat (laughs) hey hey ho ho climate change has got to go where is it going um (laughs) How do, we, how do we stop the climate from changing? I mean, we could all live in a basement, I guess. We could live in a bomb shelter. Then climate change is gone. Then you don't have to worry about it. I guess you still kind of have to worry about the humidity and the oxygen levels in the bomb shelter. But, you know, by and large, climate is out the window. We could all live in a fishbowl. That would probably do it. Climate change has got to go. We could all live in space. All right, now we're talking. Now we're getting some real ideas out there. Now we're getting some legitimate solutions to work with. Yes, Ben in the chat. Impeach climate change. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> to be honest, I am really at the point where I'm really more just disappointed in my
0: parent generation. I don't think they knew about... Isn't that stunning? Oh, i got to hear that again. This, this, this is next level. I'll, I'll explain why. Listen, to, listen very carefully to what she says.
1: To be honest, I am really at the point where I'm really more just disappointed in my parent generation. <laughs> oh, sorry. The
0: reason, I, the reason I find that funny is because isn't it normally the parents who are saying to the child, look, I'm not even angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> This might be the first generation in history where the kids are now turning around to the parents. Ima- imagine that sitting down with your eleven year old kid who's just been to a climate change rally. Hey, hey. They come in they come in the front door of the house at four o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, hey, oh, oh, climate change has got to go. And you sit the child down and you say, Darling, where have you been? You're half an hour late home from school. Mum, I had to go to a climate change rally. We're saving the earth. And the dad kind of looks over the newspaper that he's reading and, and gives himself a little slight little chuckle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Saving the earth now, are you? Hmm. Sounds interesting. And the mum says, you know, sweetie, we've talked about this saving the earth stuff before. I, I would really prefer it if you focused on your homework. Like, have you done your maths today? Have you, have, you done the, have you done the climate models that your math teacher has asked for? <laughs> thanks, thanks, UNESCO. Thanks for the lesson plan. Tight. Have you, have you done your maths homework yet? Mum, you never take my climate change activism seriously. You don't respect me. I hate you. And then she storms off to a room. And then you, just imagine sitting the 11-year-old down trying to have this conversation. And the roles are reversed now. Now, the children are empowered to talk down to their parents for not doing enough. Now, the children sit there and go, Look, mum, I know you probably didn't know about saving the earth. I know you probably didn't understand climate change when you were growing up, but that's no excuse. That's no excuse for trying to protect Mother Earth, mum. And you know what? Like, I'm not even angry at you right now. I'm just disappointed. I'm just really disappointed in you, bum. I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed in you, dad, for not trying to save the earth like me. Like you could be doing so much more. So I'm not even angry right now. I'm just really disappointed. <laughs> it's like you would almost, you would almost smack them across the face at that point. Shut the fuck up. Go to your room. Go to, go to your room, you, you uppity little shit. What, who the hell do you think you're talking to?
1: <laughs>
0: th- go and mow the lawn.
1: <laughs> I think they knew about climate change like back then. I don't think it was much of a big deal.
0: Now, we're so much smarter than our parents. We know so much more than our parents do. The 11-year-old kids at the climate change rally. You know, we're so much more enlightened than our parents are. We know more. They know nothing. They don't even know about climate change. Not like we do. We're saving the earth out here. They're at home. Mum's at home. I don't know what the hell she's doing. Probably probably going around the house turning light globes on. Like a heathen. Like a caveman. Dad's probably working at the gas station. Pumping all of that earth-killing fuel into people's gas tanks. Exactly. Andrew Jackson's taint Pinochet. Pinochet. <laughs> a <laughs> great name by the way mate. I can always tell a new name when it's you. <laughs> in 1949 China uh, was doing this thing as well. hundred percent. The Cultural Revolution in China, Mao's revolution. It was all about empowering the kids. The kids started killing the teachers. They They formed youth brigades and the, the, the youth brigades would go around and say that the parents' way of doing things is outdated. We need a revolution. you know. And from that, the cultural revolution in the West, the United States, the UK, Australia, the kids had a saying, don't trust anyone over 30. Like, nothing, nothing is new here. We're just seeing the same cycle repeat itself, repeat itself, repeat itself. Whether it's for communism in the case of China in the late 1940s, whether it's the anti-war message of the 1960s or whether it's the climate change message of 2019. The process is exactly the same. Mobilize the youth against the parents. Get the youth to think that they know more than the parents. Make the parents the problem because we want the kids listening to us. We don't want the kids listening to them, right? If the kids listen to their parents then they're not going to be agents of change. They're not going to be good comrades if they trust what their parents are telling them. They need to trust us and not their folks at home.
1: But now I wish they I wish they cleaned up though. I wish they cleaned up after themselves before the, and this would never happen.
0: <laughs> I wish my parents cleaned up after themselves. <laughs> How many times have this kid's parents said that to him? They might have said it to him that morning. Hey, why don't you clean up your room? Shut up, mum. Why don't you clean up the earth? <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. So yeah, then when mum said I should clean up my room, I told her she should clean up the ocean. Shut her the right up. <laughs> he probably got an award for telling that telling that story at school. Johnny, would you like to come up in front of the class and tell the rest of the students how you brought shame onto your family? Yes, I would, miss. Today, I shamed my mother into not filling up the car with petrol because I'm saving the earth. I wish that my parents' generation had taken a more active role in making sure that all businesses took responsibility for the planet and for all the people that, that we should be serving. What if did they take an active role in serving you? That's all you should care about. Mum, Mum, Dad, I mean, it's I guess it's okay that you got a job and paid for my food and raised me and wiped my ass and took me to the hospital when I got sick and, you know, put iodine on my cuts and bruises when I fell off my bike and took me to sports and paid for my schooling. I guess that's all okay, but I mean, I can't help but think, couldn't you have done more to curb rampant corporate capitalism, crony capitalism around the world and feed the hungry people in Africa? Like, weren't you even, were you thinking about that when you were feeding me? Like, you're so selfish, mum. (laughs) (laughs) You're so selfish. I wish you had have done more. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell wow, I mean, it, lo- it looks to me, and I could be wrong, it looks to me like it's it's only virtue signaling on the surface, but I think the subtext to it, what's bubbling underneath this virtue signaling facade is deep resentment and ungratefulness. Like, completely ungrateful. Sure, you raised me and fed me and put a roof over my head. But think of all the millions of people that you allowed to die because you weren't prepared to march in the streets with a sign and stand against capitalism. Like, fuck. Because you you know, the first time that mum or dad refuses to pick her up after netball practice or something, it's going to be, oh, I hate you. You don't do anything for me. The first time that mum doesn't have dinner on the table when the kid comes out of their room at six o'clock at night? Where the hell is dinner? Mum, I'm so hungry. Why haven't you made dinner yet? I'm busy. Make yourself a sandwich. A sandwich? Oh. Come on, mum. Jesus. <laughs> thanks Thanks for raising me. I just wish you had have given up all of your fortune I I just wish you had have given up all of your wealth to feed some hungry people on the other side of the world instead of me. Thanks for nothing, Mum.
1: I wish they would have, like, come up with, like, better ways to, like, use, to make energy. Because, like, we're using all this fossil fuels and, like, it's really bad for the air.
0: I mean, I'm not being harsh on the kids here, but it's like, it's like a political version of kids say the darndest things. You know that show where they sit the kids down and it's like, so how old is your daddy? My daddy is 150. And everyone goes, "Ah, see the kid there? He said something kind of different and weird and funny. It's funny when kids say things, isn't it? Everybody laughs when kids say stuff. It's cute and funny. So it's like a political version of that. So, uh, what do you wish your parents had have done? I wish that they had have invented a new way of getting power. And I wish they had have invented a new form of electricity. (laughs) (laughs) And You just know that dad's like this poor old guy with bad knees and bad shoulders who spent the last 40 years working in a panel shop somewhere in some godforsaken shithole. It's like, Dad, why were you mending? Why were you mending fender benders when you could have been developing thermodynamics? Why, why did you focus on fixing carburetors when you could have been designing cold fission reactors, Dad? I just wish, I just wish you had have gone into nuclear energy solutions instead of working at the fishmongers. <laughs> <laughs> dad dad why are you out there mowing the lawn what do you mean why are you why are you mowing the lawn well it's long i gotta mow it someone's gonna mow it dad stop mowing the lawn can you get back to designing solar panels can you get back to designing energy storage please i wish you had done that instead of mowing lawns for the last 30 years you idiot <laughs> dad you're such an idiot why didn't you fix global warming instead? <laughs> How dare you? Environment. I wish my parents would have
1: um, would stop using plastic bottles, and if they do, recycle them.
0: Honestly, I wish that we had some... We used to use glass bottles. <laughs> there was glass bottles. We changed it. It's like, go back to glass bottles now. I'm like, ugh... Um, s- solar um, panels, instead of it being all fossil fuels or electricity. Yep. Yep. Because those come from factories, and factories make these um, gases that aren't good for the hemisphere. Where, where, Kid, where do you think the solar panels come from? The solar panel fairy? Like, this is too much. You can't let kids go around believing in untruths. You know we should have solar panels instead of fossil fuels because fossil fuels are made in a factory, and they pump dangerous gases into the atmosphere. No, no, no. F- solar panels are made in a in a factory. Fossil fuels come from the ground. <laughs> you don't make fossil fuels. You make solar panels. <laughs> I just wish Dad had done more in the solar panel stuff instead of the fossil fuels. Say so he's such an idiot. <laughs> when i go older i'm probably not gonna buy a car i think i want to like speak wow actually i take it all back this kid i want that kid you know when i'm older like i don't want a car it's like (laughs) dad breathes a sigh of relief (laughs) thank god because i'm not making much down at the panel shop now that they've switched from fossil fuels to solar panels so thank god I'm not gonna to have to buy the kid to dodge. <laughs> Bullet dodged.
1: Up and tell people that they should stop doing these things, polluting
0: the earth. Yep. I'd be so happy if I could work on environmental policy or learn more about science. <laughs> notice how she said, notice how in I wish I could work on environmental policy came before learning more about science. <laughs> Look, I just wish that my parents had have done more to, instead of feeding me, instead of feeding me and putting roof over my head, I'm really angry that my parents didn't feed the rest of the world, fight against capitalism and put a roof over the head over every single starving child in the world who's soon going to be dead thanks to climate change that they helped create. So I'm really angry with mum and dad about that. Uh, When I get older, I'd love to do something in the realm of environmental policy. How about learning more about science? Yeah, yeah, whatever. If I get time. If I find the time later on, they're saying, yeah. The real important thing is working for the government. <laughs> I can't wait to get myself a good government job. Start writing environmental policy. Start locking people up when they cut down trees and burn firewood in their own home. Can't wait for that day. Then I'll finally get revenge on mum and dad. I'll finally get rid of them. Don't you want to learn more about the science? Well, someone's got it. Someone's already taken care of that end of the business. I don't don't worry about the science stuff.
1: Maybe, like, become an activist. I'm definitely going to...
0: Fuck, that's it. That's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm out. We're done. We're done here. Closing up the shop. That is the end of the show. Good night, everybody. (laughs) When I... (laughs) Like, I wish we could get... I wish we could go, like, 20 years ago... And ask kids what they want to do. And then just juxtapose it with this. Now, let's go back to 20. This is, like I said, this is the political version of kids say the darndest things. So 20 years ago, what do you want to be? A fireman. What do you want to be? I want to drive a Formula One racing car. I want to be a spaceman. I want to explore the galaxy and fight aliens. Right? So aspirational. So imaginative. You ask the kids what they want to do for a living now. Um, I want to be an activist.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to work for the government in a government department and write policies. <laughs> it's like, geez, somebody has sucked all the life out of these children. Somebody has sucked all of the fun out of these kids. They resent their own existence. They hate their parents because their parents didn't do enough to fight against capitalism and climate change. And when they grow up, they want to be activists or government employees. What the hell happened? Where are the astronauts? Where are the rock stars? Where are the racing car drivers? They're all dead. Dead! (laughs) So depressing.
1: Speak out and speak up. It's
0: like I, when I grow up, I want to be an activist. He's already an activist now. Congratulations. Unpaid labour. Welcome welcome to the future of unpaid labour. And try my best to spread the word out, even though it's already definitely a huge problem. If anything, I want to be a scientist. I want to create a climate solution that will actually be feasible. Okay. So we don't have to sit around and wait. I will take, I want to be a scientist. I will take that. I want to be a scientist. That's good. That that's at least a little more aspirational than I want to be a. I want to be someone who walks around in the street with a sign, yelling things at buildings, because that's what an activist does. Walks around yelling things at buildings where people don't come out of, and nobody talks to you. I I can't wait to get a baton strike to the face from the fascists. Can't wait. Really looking forward to it. I'm training really hard. I swear to God, I'm training really hard every day. Years and years for action to happen.
1: I want to protest. I want to stop polluting. I want-
0: <laughs> Another activist. <laughs> how, does it, how does an 11-year-old kid say, when I grow up, I want to be an activist? The other thing here is like, so if he, if he wants to be an activist when he grows up, then he's acknowledging that this is going to be a problem at least for another 10 years. <laughs> like he's not expecting a solution anytime soon. I want to keep protesting. What if we solve the thing that you're angry about? Doesn't matter. I'll find something else. There's always something to be angry about. The world needs activists and the world needs outrage and I am going to be the fodder for that cannon. I st- and I want to make the earth a better place. There you have it. Because if there's one thing that makes the earth a better place, it's certainly the creation of an army of youth activists whose dream when they grow up is to someday work for the government, who resent their parents, who hate their parents, because their parents burnt too many fossil fuels, and instead of feeding the poor and hungry masses of, say, Africa or Southeast Asia, they were feeding their ungrateful ass instead. And that's the biggest crime here. Not caring enough about the things that we care about. Mum, Dad, I'm not even angry. I'm just really disappointed right now. (laughs) The tale of the modern ingrate. That'll do us for today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow night at 6pm with another edition of The Daily Boogie. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogiebumper become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me how disappointed you are in me, then you can do so by following me on Twitter. Don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS, at ChrisMC44, and of course, Kimbo, at Censored underscore for Thursday nights. Uh, until tomorrow night, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.